0: century pre-internet bullshit many people sell hope and call it strategy top would take ages to open and it was like building drama building drama building drama building drama Ah!
1: and we just help people feel a lot more capable in the short term. They kind of borrow confidence from us in the short term until they can build it for themselves.
2: On today's Engaging Marketeer, I've got not one but two guests. I've got Neil Simpson and James Crawley from Kin Awesome. Uh, yeah, you heard that correct, Kin Awesome. It's a, it's a play on words, obviously, as if I was going to say fucking awesome at the start of... Oh, damn it, I've said fucking awesome, never mind. From Kin Awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- they help people with their with their marketing, funnily enough. So we've actually got a guest that talks about marketing. I don't know what's going on. It's like we've gone full circle, and we're actually fulfilling our brief for the first time in history. So I'm going to be talking to these two guys about what they do, how they do it, why they do it. And why James actually started working with young offenders and selling burgers to bankers and thought that the young offenders were the offenders and not the bankers. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so, let's find out from the both of them. I've got to start with your your brand name. It, it, yeah. It's the obvious place to start. Kin Awesome. What <laughs> what, <laughs> what prompted you to come up with that? And, and did you have any reservations that, well, some people are not going to like it? Okay. So, the... The kin awesome thing.
0: <laughs> it's like a, it, it's kind of a joke that's got a little bit out of hand. Frankly, right. um, it, the, our company's called Kin, right? Be, uh, as in, c- because we believe kind of uh, business is good. Business is just about um, it's about a series of relationships: mm. relationship with your own products and services, the relationship with your customers, your suppliers, your the kind of wider world, your audience. And most importantly, the relationship you have with yourself. So we called the business King. And then dickheads that we are thought, <laughs> how can we put a little bit of a joke in this? So we were like, when we were thinking about a URL, like, Kin wasn't available because of the no. company in America have that. And we, <laughs> however, in Awesome, which is like, we're, we're kind of located kind of close to Bolton. And it's like, Kin Awesome. So... <laughs> we can't we pick the url now everybody calls us kin awesome so it it uh yeah kind of (laughs) it's kind of
1: um got a little bit out of hand and it's and people either love it which is brilliant because there are people yeah or they go oh that's a bit naughty and you go yeah if you think that's a bit naughty you're probably not going to like the rest of it that goes along with us so it's a really good (laughs) kind of um prude detector
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah It's a, yeah, it's one of those, one of those kind of things where you, you know, when you make a stupid ass decision and you're like, oh, that'll be funny. And then you, then you realize you have to like live with it. You got to live with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's great. People, people, we get a lot of really positive feedback by, as as kind of James is saying, people who are, um, people who are kind of our people. And I I suppose that that's really good marketing because it weeds out the arseholes Mm -hmm. and the really picky kind of, well, I could you can't do that because it's too it's not professional. A hey, fuck professional. I am the outspoken en- enemy of professional. <laughs> and it what it does is it kind of filters people out far away. Yeah. So that only the people who kinda of get us and our kind of values because we're not for everybody, nor should we be. Uh and so we get yeah, better quality of lead, really.
2: So I uh, I take it when you get the uh the LinkedIn police saying things like you can't be posting that on linkedin it's a sort of thing that should be on facebook it's not business it's not corporate it's not professional you're also fuck them as well where does business live darren mm. well who who
0: who runs a bit who, who who runs a business you people, run a business right people, people yeah. run
2: business and, and oh,
0: people, exactly you know. business is people it ain't it ain't the the bricks and mortar it it ain't the website it ain't the it's it's the people, and it's like when well, how, I'm a B two B business. Fuck off! You're not a B two B business. What you do is you you work with sales managers, who are people, or you work with chief execs who are people, or lollipop people, or chefs. They're all people, and this whole kind of B two B business uh, bollocks. It's hmm. it's it's last century, pre internet bullshit, yeah. where. The we we just broadcast our nonsense as much as possible, get the message out there, which is the most damaging phrase in marketing. Let's just get the message out there, i.e., let's throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Mm. And it's nonsense because it's business is about people. It's not B2C anymore or B2B, it's P2P, person to person. And the more you can kind of bake that in, the more
2: likely you are to become successful. Yeah. And, and as you say, if you, if you piss people off, then they're not your tribe anyway. So <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Good riddance. Quite frankly. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> what what prompted you to start this business? Because you both come from very different and weird backgrounds.
1: <laughs> His is weirder <laughs> than mine. From oh, I sense. don't know.
2: You 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 decided that selling burgers to bankers wasn't criminal enough, so they worked in prisons. <laughs> no, no, you
1: sold the burgers to bankers with people who had been in prison oh right yeah, so who were yeah. the real criminals the people in prison or the bankers i mean now we all know it's the bankers but at the time yeah it was these kids were definitely uh stealing scooters when i wasn't looking and up to all sorts of no goods in west london um they were lovely kids but like proper um yeah chavs i suppose would be the word we used back then it was you know kind of couldn't turn you uh, back uh, on early 2000s, road yeah, exactly. men now james you old bugger <laughs> they were lov- the, yeah exactly yeah all that kind of stuff um yeah, they were lovely to me because, you know, I was trying to help them and, you know, giving them time in a, in a music studio and, um, you know, making t-shirts. But yeah, we had we had a burger band. There was a, a guy in Devon who had this grass-fed beef that was astounding. It was like, I had a couple of steaks that he threw my way and they were amazing. But he, he tricked out this, this burger band and said, look, we'll just give it to you. You guys go and run it and, and sell burgers. So yeah, we rocked up in Canary Wharf and we we're selling £10 burgers, which is probably about the average price now, but this was... Yeah. <laughs> this is about 15 years ago so it was we were making a fairly decent markup on that and we were doing it in a way that every shift had like a gang of them working together so if they were stealing they were stealing off each other not off us there's a kind of a profit share system going so it was the only way to keep them on is that you're stealing from each other so there's absolutely no point so we had very very little of that um it was it was the only thing to try to like curb their natural tendencies to try and screw the man, but like, look, that's the man. Let's let's try and sell as many burgers as we can to get there. But the but the the Canary Wharf guys loved it. You know, mm-hmm. they they were thinking, you know, well, I'm giving back my 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 lunch money to these these young kids. But yeah, it's good fun. And then yeah, from there I went went to go and work in prisons itself, which was even more bonkers. Some of the stories I can tell you about some of the stuff they go up to there is hilarious. Brewing hooch in they they it was a brand new prison. So they made these chairs that were all hollow plastic chairs. So you can't really beat someone with a hollow chair. It doesn't really have any heft to it. But these guys realised you could drill a hole in the top of it and brew hooch in the bottom of them um, <laughs> until one of them exploded. And it was it was it sounded like a bomb had gone off. And there was just this disgusting smelling fruit juice that had gone all over the landing. Yeah, really good fun working prisons. But that was about, again, trying to help these guys see Enterprises starting a business as a way to get out of that kind of revolving door of um, unemployment and thievery and back in prison again. Um, the colour and- in
0: between the lines thing, though, isn't it? Is that, you know, kind of they kind of many people end up in the criminal justice system because they are innately entrepreneurial just yeah. a little bit outside the lines mm. yeah so it's one of those kind of harnessing things where you just kind of going, and look you, you 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 know how to make this thing work but it's just a question of Making it
1: work so you don't get arrested. Yeah, exactly. They get all the principles. They get supply and demand. They get like chain of command. They understand <laughs> like advertising, <laughs> like, marketing. Pricing. Like, yeah, all of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Surge pricing. They get all of it. Yeah. Chasing ah!
2: down invoices and debt. That's important
1: as well. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, mental arithmetic is really, really key. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, did, did you get any successes with those? Did you get anyone actually come out and become successful legally?
1: Uh, What, in terms of businesses? Yeah, Yeah. loads. Um, There was a guy who um, came from what we were doing um, who'd had some experience of kind of working at height and then went to go and get some contracts working with um, the railway lines. So he was getting crews together, doing all the trimming of all the trees down the railway lines. And he got some really good contracts off the back of that. So yeah, there's some really, really good success stories. Um, You know, there's a guy from HM Pasties. Have you heard of those? Um, Based up in Bolton or, or Blackburn. No. One of those northern towns. Um, so yeah, so he looked at kind of the stuff that Gordon Ramsay was doing with the bad boy baker stuff. So they make they hand make pasties, sausage rolls, that kind of stuff. We did an event yesterday, and they catered for that, and it's brilliant stuff. Like really, really good. Like amazing pastry fillings are brilliant, and it's all about getting ex offenders back um, on the straight and narrow after after being in prison using their skills. So it's the, so the
0: only event. It's the only event I've ever been at where the the catering got a round of applause by the <laughs> by the attendees. It was astonishing.
2: So the, the name H.M. Pasties, that's obviously handmade pasties, but also H.M.P. Exactly. Clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah really good. Clever branding, <laughs> exactly. That's beautiful. And at the same time, Neil, you, you were you were a performer and a comedian and a filmmaker, I believe. Uh, arguably still am, I think, <laughs> if you look at our
0: content. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, so yeah, i have to say now that i am very clear about being a um prof- <laughs> a professional performer professional filmmaker so unprofessional comedian yeah an unprofessional comedian i i i have had many attempts at um being professionally funny uh, i i can be accidentally funny or contentionally funny but yeah a rubbish comedian so the i was a believe it or not a professional dancer for 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 quite some time um got injured out and then the only other skill i had was being able to get people to turn up to shows so i kind of as all marketers that's a heck of a skill especially for contemporary dance where the global audience is about six people so (laughs) so if you can sell contemporary dance to people you can sell sell anything to anybody and yeah the only other skill i had so i started like all marketers i fell into marketing and um early adopter with kind of social media 2005 2008 and then kind of spun into marketing which spun into helping other people do marketing which spun into um, some interesting projects around the northwest helping creative and digital people um helping creative and digital people understand that the marketing bit of your business isn't selling out or evil because Mm -hmm. i had i kind of came from a creative background and um, help them kind of change the nomenclature of things from kind of evil marketing to audience development Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff and uh, i kind of got involved in the kind of enterprise development thing through a a project called creative lancashire which we were based um, down the entirety of the of the the northwest helping kind of creative digital companies um, profit more from their own ip Rather than uh, this is way back two thousand and five, so quite some time ago now, and we were just helping people with great ideas, like profit from that and build build links and build more of a kind of community outside the Manchester area because mm. Manchester is the London of the Northwest. Everything gets sucked into to Manchester, so what we were doing is like kind of build in kind of infrastructure to help people. Uh, get more of um you know get more out of their own ideas it was a very exciting project and then that kind of spun into a load of other european funded projects about enterprise development and that kind of thing so yeah from performer to kind of helping businesses has been uh
2: one serendipitous accident after another and do you miss the um the, the purity of the performer and the dance um
0: i'm a very physical presenter <laughs> it's the best way of describing this, that um, when we kind of work with people and kind of present to audiences and things, both James and I have uh, the principle that if you can entertain people as well as inform them, then they tend to pay more attention. The last thing you need is somebody standing at the front of a room in front of bullet-pointed PowerPoints, Mm. pointing to what you've got on the screen and going and saying what you're reading, yeah, what you've already read, exactly right. So we we have a kind of a much more um, collaborative, um, conversational approach. We use the power of reflection a lot because most most businesses they know what they need to do, they just need to stop looking on the internet for hacks, tips, and. Tips and tricks from gurus and all of that kind of stuff because everybody knows all you have to do is find win and keep customers and then kind of note down the numbers. Yeah, that's the most
1: fun bit of feedback we get from anyone who's well, first time they come to see a certain event or or any kind of workshop was going, yeah, I wasn't really going to come this morning. I thought it was going to be shit, and it really wasn't. We like, go oh, well, that's. High praise, thanks. Yeah, one <laughs> of one, one, one of
0: my favourite bits of from a, a collaborator a collaborator at one of the kind of local authorities we work with. Like we'd had a meeting with him, he's like, "Yeah, uh, you're not bellend. I thought you were going to be, but you're not," which was really nice. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sh- sure it's as positive as as he thought it was, but yeah, most of what we do is helping people point out the obvious to people in kind of marketing terms. Um, we when we're doing kind of like more skills-based workshop, like if you're doing kind of paid ads or working on kind of platforms, we always start off with what works on you. Hmm. You know what I mean? Because generally most most kind of businesses are chasing around people from their own-ish demographic. You know what I mean? So then we kind of go, oh, but how do I get the best out of Facebook ads? And it's like, okay, what Facebook ads work on you? And they're like, well, I don't click on them. And it's like, well, should you really be doing them? If if that's that's the kind of thing that, that you avoid why are you expecting everybody else to be different and Mm -hmm. one of the kind of uh, main issues with the whole of the marketing industry is is that many people sell hope and call it strategy so it's like oh all you have to do is 20 minutes a day do these kind of low effort ads and all of a sudden your funnel will be filled with Your phone will be filled with kind of people who are kicking down your door to buy and this is like bollocks absolute nonsense because people uh, Weirdly people are um, Not very variable if you know what I mean generally Most people I know we all like to think we're all kind of delicate little snowflakes, but most people are kind of weirdly predictable you know what I mean? This is why we do segmentation and we do all of the kind of other stuff. Because if you're that kind of person, generally you can predict the behavior. Mm. And if, if something do not work on you, it's not going to work on your, your, your audience, you know? So I, that's I, where we start off.
2: I, I do like that. I, I, quite often I'll look at our own Facebook ads or our own social media posts and i think, mm. would I click on that? Am I interested question. in that? And if I'm not, then it's not right. Because when you're putting an ad together, it's very easy to get lost in your own process and think, yeah, it needs that, it needs that, it needs that. That's going to work. I'm going to get loads of results. But only when you see it yourself in your own feed, you think, do you know? No. Yeah,
0: yeah." and this is the thing is that well, the reason um, the whole Kin thing and the relationship with ourselves is that um, I think people – Think it's different for everybody else but not for them and what you're saying about would it work on me is a really really great question in terms of um, why are you doing it why, why are you thinking that it's different is it because somebody on the internet who was trying to tell you something created a pain within you then agitated it and then offered you a really convenient sounding solution for money and then you're starting to doubt what you know just because of some rando off the internet right Now, people have enough information. Information is free, ubiquitous, everywhere. And yeah, it doesn't cost anything. So if you're putting ads together or you're putting content together, why are you making it about the information, right? Because you work in marketing, I work in marketing, that kind of thing. That if you think about what we need to be talking about as business owners. We need to be talking about our customers, right? We need to be talking about our customers and what they find important, what their problems are and how they see themselves in the language of them about their lives with stuff that they find important. Not, hi, let me tell you about our five-step plan to do such and such, which is great because I'm trying to tell you how great it is so you'll buy my shit, right? Yeah. right. And this is the the reason why kind of your question is really important is that would it it work on me? And if you're talking about you, then your customers are listening about them, right? Marketing is just dating. Hmm. Right? Same principles, same principles apply. It's just dating. Right, Darren, if you were going on a date with me and James, right, right? Right? Open your mind real wide. And I'm not okay. saying it's not going to happen, play because right. So the if you if you're on a date with uh, James and I and we sit you down and we've taken you somewhere, swish. Because we're that kind of whether that kind of guys. Like and a then, like a like a booth at Weather Spoons. <laughs> I refuse to set foot in the spoons, but that's another complaint. Five Fridays will go that far with
1: you. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah.
0: there's a there's a wimpy in Birkenhead we could take you to. <laughs> um, I know, right? Kind Talk about back going in back, back in time. <laughs> So, um, if we you go out on a date with me and we just spend the entire time talking about us, hmm. and we're like, "Let us tell you how how great we were yesterday," then we're going to tell you how great we're being right now, and then for dessert, we're going to tell you how great we're going to be tomorrow. How long <laughs> would it take you? How long would it take you to get bored of that?
2: Uh, it, it, it wouldn't be quick. It wouldn't be. It, yeah, it, it wouldn't be long.
0: Exactly. Sorry, it wouldn't be long. Exactly, you'd instantaneously. I'm bored with that, time to move on. Then mm. why do we do our marketing in the same way? Yeah. These these are all the successes I've had previously. These are all of our pros and services and why they're boss. And then this is what <laughs> we're going to do tomorrow, which is going to be amazing. Marketing is simply dating. If business is a collection, of if, if business is a relationship, which it is, mm. for all the reasons I said before, then the beginning bit of that is 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 dating. Mm. And the same rules apply. We've got to tell you, oh, you look nice. You've kind of got a nice pair of earrings. Tell me where, where you bought that clothes. If I make it about you, who doesn't like talking about themselves? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty basic, that, isn't it? You know, talk about yourself. Nobody's interested. Talk about the other person. And they're going to yeah. like talking to you. I saw a a presentation yesterday at a BNI. and i I've got to be careful that I don't land somebody in this now. Um, It was somewhere I'm not normally a member of. I went to visit this, and it was was, was a travel agent. So it's obviously a very visual, very inspiring, very motivational thing. It should be an easy presentation to do. Mm. And every slide was a white background with black bullet-pointed text on it as he went Mm. through the entire history of where he used to work and what he used to do. And how the franchise of the travel agency works. And how different things he used to sell over the years works. And right at the very end, he still hadn't mentioned anything about the kind of destinations and holidays and experiences that he's created or can create for you. And it was the most boring-ass, dull, son-of-a-bitch presentation I've ever heard. And coming back to what you mentioned, Neil, about making your presentations entertaining... Why do some people like that do such shit presentations Why does it exist
0: a couple of reasons really um one, that's what they've seen mm. right is ignorance um oh, what's that saying never never attribute something to um evil that you can attribute to ignorance right it's not mm. it's not deliberate right like most people just do what they know right and the the thing is, is that Most people have a very poor understanding of marketing because the only understanding of marketing that is visible to them is advertising, right? So what they do is they try and recreate what they've seen in their own words, okay? And all for a second reason, what he's done that for is uh, he, she, they. What they've done that for is um, because they think the more they explain about themselves, the more they like, you're gonna like them, Mm. right? So, I mean, that's just um yeah it's just kind of naivety i think and i think part of the challenge in marketing is getting over that fact that not everybody's gonna like you so we're going to like this is what i've done before look if i explain to you my history then you will you'll kind of value me right now
1: and then we can build a relationship it's like going on a date and talking about yourself same thing yeah, they're looking for credibility, I think, yeah. from basic on there. Like they're trying to say, look, take me serious as a as a travel agent. I'm guessing they're probably quite new to it. So they're going so instead of going, look, you can do all these things and painting a picture and talking about cocktails on the beach and things that they should have been doing, instead of yeah. just going, Oh no, but I am really serious and this business is really serious. So you really should take it seriously. When nobody wants a serious discussion about travel, they want to hear about they want yeah, the dream. They want the Yeah, dream. exactly. They want they want bonfires on the beach and yeah.
0: Stealth futures, not features. Right. Yeah. This is this is the key thing with marketing is that when you understand your punter, um, client, whatever you want to call them, then when you understand them properly, you can you can paint them a better future, and then the features don't matter. Right. If I had something in my pocket, Darren, that for every one pound you spent with me, you would get two pounds back, would you buy it?
2: I think probably yes. yes.
0: Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I haven't told you how it works. You don't care. You just like I like the, the, the results of that sound amazing. Sounds. Awesome. I'll have a bit. Of, yeah. Right. I'll a bit of that it's about the futures. What do they get? What's the? How does it? What, how does it fit with their desired narrative about themselves? How what? What future are you kind of going? Look, this could be yours. A bit like, uh, <laughs> like um, you know, when they do the prize bit on game shows, when they mm. go, here's what you could win. And they're like, da, da, da. imagine yourself speeding on a speed... I'm going to go a bit bullseye at the minute because I'm old. Yeah. But imagine speeding on a speedboat around such a... Nobody can use a speedboat, but the idea mm-hmm. of a speedboat is better than owning a speedboat.
2: Yes. So that
0: that kind of... And here, entertain all of your friends with this fantastic ivory-handled knife set. And they're just trying to get you... Uh, ivory's bad, let's just say that. Yeah. So that, um, that whole kind of thing of the painting a future... where all marketing should be sell the destination not the bridge or the road or whatever so yeah and this is a very very common problem is that people are trying to build likability in the wrong way you know if you you know cialdini's work about the the laws of influence no you know there's kind of seven laws of influence and this is backed by over 60 years of science and he wrote a book in 1985 which is the kind of uh, nerdy marketers kind of bible around you know marketing is influence right it's getting people to do things it's not it's about action not eyeballs yep i can look at your thing but if i don't do anything then your marketing is uh less than optimal let's be kind and so cialdini kind of outlined his the, the kind of um did uh did a big meta study of how we can create influence and one of them is authority one of them is reciprocity you've probably heard the words Mm-hmm. but kind of weren't the science. One of those, authority reciprocity, likability, um, internal mm-hmm. consistency, and unless you're putting your effort into creating one of these, one of the influence triggers, then your marketing ain't gonna work. And that's science. And I, I, I'm, we're in a kind of position now where the access to the tools of marketing, you know, kind of social channels, all that kind of stuff, are much more democratic. Yeah, in terms of You know, anyone with a phone can go, I'm a marketing consultant and go look, I can do your social for you and here's all the, And Mm. you know, within your phone is contained video production, audio production, access to the channels, edit, all that kind of stuff. That is really, really cheap. Mm. And what what that's doing is flooding the market with people who aren't kind of backed by, you know, kind of science driven techniques. How do you create dopamine triggers how do you um, use the triggers of influence how do you um use all of the other kind of stuff that science says works and what you do is you get all of these kind of influences you just produce vast quantities of content and 2% of it works this is why a lot of influencer marketing doesn't have the tills ringing at the other end they're very good at just being visible they're not so they're not so good at the conversion either hard or soft into into money, which is, you know, what we're all after, surely. Mm.
2: So, why did you two actually start doing what you're doing now? How do you mean? Well, when you met up, I believe it was uh, University of Manchester, wasn't it? Uh, MMU. Um, I just
0: met. It's, yeah. They're different, but
2: yeah. It's well, all the same to me. City, United, it's all the same. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're both, yeah, I'm from Newcastle. Football comes in two colours, black and white. Black yeah. and white. So when you met up, what made you decide that, yeah, I'm going to work with this guy, this guy that looks like he fits on the, the front of a a guess-who board? What made you think I want to work with him?
1: <laughs> Richard. I've been told several times I look like Richard. I'm going to say classic. Um, Sorry. It, no, no, it's fine. Uh, it took us about three and a half years. We worked together for quite a long time. For the first kind of six months of us working together we didn't really speak to each other um it was only after about three years we realized what had happened was that both of us were waiting for the other person to do something or say something hmm. so we were both just reflecting each other's behavior of just complete blankness both waiting for somebody to do something and we, just, we both just kind of just circled each other like like an endless pair of dogs sniffing each other's bums, and that that took probably about six. <laughs> you six went to with nine that months. picture, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, <mate.
2: laughs> let's, let's take a moment to appreciate that image. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thanks, James. It's
1: so like two sausage dogs in like a, a never-ending cycle, like wearing waistcoats and hats. <laughs> <Yeah. hands. laughs> so we worked together. So um, yeah, we were both delivering on the same project, um, but we just didn't really. We just kind of got on with it all, and then started sharing an office, and realised that we've both got a pretty dark sense of humor um and we we're sharing office with a, a woman in her mid 60s probably jane who was yeah. also who had the same kind of humor and it was just you know stuff that you can't really repeat in a, in a recorded <laughs> medium um and then we just started getting more and more into what we were delivering so we we're delivering a, a kind of a european contract um doing business support stuff and we realized that this kind of relationshipy stuff was that we did anyway but we started to play with it and experiment with it and turn it up a little bit more and realized that we were getting some really, really good results. You know, we were, it's quite emotional. Some of the stuff that we do with people, we kind of, the the support that we were giving on that program was essentially a personal growth program disguised as a business course But mm. so we were doing a huge amount of reflective stuff, doing a huge amount of work with people. And we've seen them for kind of seven or eight sessions spread out over kind of three months. So we really got to know everybody and spending full days with people. So, um, we were seeing some some ridiculously good results from people and people just kind of making massive changes to their lives. We've, we've we've kind of shepherded people through half a dozen divorces, a load of businesses shutting down and starting up new ones. You know, we, we still have regular contact with people that we worked with five or six years ago. We're going to a 50th birthday next weekend of someone that we met kind of, you know, four years ago, delivering kind of business support to them. So then about kind of four years in, we kind of thought, you know, this is really good and we're getting excellent feedback from people um why don't we try and do this for ourselves and not be um shackled i was trying to think of a word that wasn't too bad shackled by universities uh you know they're not a massive fan of swearing and and some of the more loose stuff that we want to do with it so we thought well let's try and do it for ourselves um and found a contract that was that was doing something great in manchester we'll just we'll go for that and if we get it we'll we'll start the business and then yeah the first one we did Bang, let's go. We got ourselves a nice little little bit of money come through. So let's let's crack on. So
0: I think the the main change is we kind of replanned everything. We had a kind of existing version of the contract, we replanned any. And that's when we kind of really opened up. And mm. I think the the thing that we've kind of realized overtly that many businesses don't, and this kind of reflects all of your business processes, is that business is an intensely personal thing. Right. It's not that there's all of these kind of holdovers from people watching Mad Men and listen kind of, you know, all of the kind of Gordon Gecko, greed is good, all this kind of stuff. Like with the advent of the internet, business is now about people rather as well as structures. It's about the people within the business. And if you want to and this is going to become ever more important. Um, with the advent of AI and all of the kind of machine stuff that's come in is that done about you Darren but I, I'm not sure I can ever really bond with a machine yeah um, it's it's about people and creating that kind of connection and this is why we can kind of say you know about their relationships you need to connect with your own products and services with your team with your suppliers with your customers and with yourself and I think the whole um, oh, it's it's not personal; it's only business. Is the most inaccurate sentence you can possibly say, because if you think about the brands you like, you're not like, oh, I really love the building. Oh, I really right. You make a personal connection as a one human with the experience that you get from using that product.
2: Yeah, it's a motive.
0: Y- yeah, and 100 percent business is all emotion these days, right? And this is the thing that when you've got um, like brands like mcdonald's kind of branding themselves about relationships and coca-cola branding themselves about um dodgy relationships watching blokes strip off while they're cleaning windows that's not a business that's a personal thing that's a human thing and the more we can make business about humanity the better which is why it it has to be a person-to-person thing which makes it emotional and that, when we kind of replanned our project, we were thinking, okay, where does this emotionality begin? And you have to build your business from the inside out. Have to, it's, a, it's about people. You need to be present. One of the, uh, where was I yesterday? Um, I was, oh, it was a conversation I was having the other day online, where the people taught, it was a LinkedIn Live, one of these audio recorder things. And they were kind of saying, well, how can I automate my marketing so I don't have to pay any attention to it? And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's exactly the wrong thing to do. Because if you're trying to automate it and make it less effort, what you're saying is my customers aren't valuable and I don't want to deal with people and they'll go somewhere else because we like, like this, connection with people. And that's what makes... That's what makes great moments. And that's what you should be creating for your customers is astonishing moments. One of my favorite bits in kind of business history is, um, have you ever owned an iPhone, Darren? I have one right here, yeah. I bought my first iPhone in 2008, right? And the the amazing thing about um, the iPhone was the box for me. Right? I mean, the iPhone was amazing. It felt like a pebble. You could turn it over in your hands. It was amazing. But the, the one of the best moments was they used to have this really super tall box. I'm not I, I don't use iPhones these days, but they had the super tall box. So when you were trying to get it out of the box, you had to hold it. And the it would the top would take ages to open. And it was like building drama, building drama, building drama, building drama. Ah! And that and they they'd planned that. It wasn't an accident. Most of the box was just space. But they thought, I want it. I want it. I want it. And they'd really thought about the moment they were creating for their for their customers, where they're kind of like building that that drama drama and the reveal. Mm-hmm. And as a as a business, we need to be really clear. All a brand is is a promise of an experience for your customer, right? So you need to know what the experience is that you're creating. We use a three word exercise, but. How would you describe your business in three words? Not really fucking great, but you know, kind of, um, we are uh, generally um, direct, challenging, useful, with a kind of side order of funny. That's, and everything we do is kind, is that, right? So we have to be, that's what we do in terms of how our marketing is created, how we deliver our sessions, how we deliver our coaching how we deliver all of that kind of uh, how we deliver our kind of accountability community that we deliver and it's every single thing we do is direct useful challenging and funny right so then all businesses need to do for everything they need to do your brand needs to run through everything that you do like a like the word blackpool runs through a stick of rock <laughs> right wherever you snap it it's the same word with the same flavor in the same way and that kind of stuff. And what what kind of many businesses need to reflect on is what experience are you creating? Now, Apple had done that and they thought from the very get-go, from opening the box before you've even touched the phone, we're gonna build some magic and drama and fabulousness in it. Because that's, that's where they were at the time they were going, we've got the future in a box and it's it's this phone that will change your life. And they thought about the experience that they were delivering yeah. from before you had the phone. All businesses, and this is where small businesses have a massive uh, agility benefit over, over larger businesses is because they can pivot and they can change and they can amend and iterate. And what the the advice I would give any business at the moment is, in a a world where your competition is global, right, what we do is less important than how we do it. And how we do it is our brand, and nothing that you put into the public domain shouldn't be deliberate. I'll rephrase that. Everything we put into the public domain should be be deliberate. We should go, okay, if if our brand is... um, entertaining then it should be about entertainment if it is about conveying authority then you know everything everything needs to add up to this and this is what many businesses don't quite understand is that nothing is irrelevant right everything means everything everything that's visible either adds to a it's either fuel or friction for your message it either adds to it or it takes it away there's no middle ground there's no it'll do because humans are judgy bastards, right? We're very, very judgy. We're, they are. We're fucking massively judgy. People listening to this are judging what kind of human I am and being dazzled by James's good looks. Clearly. <laughs> so what ha- what happens is, um, we do <laughs> we we do an exercise uh, in in when we kind of coach people into workshops and and we use two different hairdressers, right? And it's like a picture of a hairdresser from the outside can't even see in the building one hairdresser is like a neighborhood hairdresser right and the other one is like a city center kind of swishy where footballers go kind of thing you know what I mean and we get them to go tell us who goes there what the experience is like what the haircut's like what the price is like from a single image and they feel really comfortable in doing that because humans are judgy bastards so everything you put out into the into the public domain, is important as no just just get it out there, which is yeah you know, makes me want to stab things. From it's
2: what, what what you were saying about Apple then as well. I mean, it, it comes back to what you mentioned earlier about the the future pacing. When Apple released the iPod, they didn't say it's an MP3 player. It's got 8 gig of memory. It it has you know touch controls or any shit like that. Oh, that's they what said, Zoom did. It's. It's ten thousand songs in your pro- in your pocket.
0: The future that you have. Imagine not having to carry fifteen CDs around with you, mm. right? But all of the kind of the data driven kind of it does this. So that was what Zoom did. Any got anyone got a Microsoft Zoom these days? No, no, no. Nobody has. <laughs> and this is the thing: futures, not features, man. Nobody cares. Most people don't care whether your product is um, built by enchanted pixies, left-handed gingers, kind of morally ambiguous unicorns, right? They don't care, they just want the outcome, right? And you find um a lot of businesses trying to emphasize pointless detail. You know what I mean? Ah, oh, we 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 use everything we only make it with our left hand, we only they're trying to create novelty and distinctiveness by by misunderstanding that it's not about them
2: it's about what the punter gets. It's about the mm. experience. And what, I mean, you've mentioned a few already, but what are the main mistakes you think businesses are making with them? They marketing? listen to idiots. <laughs> Pretty much sums it up. You know, they,
0: they listen. Yeah, they listen to idiots, and <laughs> I'll qualify this in a minute, right? they, they listen to they listen to idiots uh, they and they don't listen to themselves. That is fundamentally the the thing. We kind of started this conversation off with 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 this a little, uh, a little while back. But um, what the reason why we do what we do is that business help, intelligence, and training is is not really transferable. Right? What is useful for your business? at the stage you are with the person you are with the market you you have with all of the things about your business, what's useful for your business is probably not as useful for ours or as more useful, right? It's different, right? So what happens is you, you get the, you get people listening to, uh, people making sweeping statements, like all you need to do is Here is the simple thing, right? I will fix your business. It's basically the comfortable lie versus the uncomfortable truth, Hmm. right? So what happened? The internet is all about, I'm an expert. Here's the thing. The 20 minutes a day will make you rich, powerful, more attractive, and smell like lemons, whatever it is. And all businesses are different, right? All business owners are different. Even within our business, even though James and I seem to share a brain for most people outside the business, we are very different. We see things differently and respond very, very differently. So if James needs some help with something, he needs different help to what I do because we're different, right? And this is the this is the main mistake that most people make with their businesses. They, they're looking for simple answers to complex problems. And when they find a simple answer, they think, oh, that's simple, it must work. You've been in business a while, Darren.
2: 14 years engage web
0: how simple is your business and how easy <laughs> exactly you're like nah and yet this is the thing is that people content, spend most of their time sweeping the internet for the next simple hack easy fix just click this button just wave this flag just mm-hmm. this simple stuff and people need to stop stop searching center themselves and become more sensitive to their own understandings
2: that's that's why we've got we've got a courses website that we have um it's called online learning academy and there's a particular course on there about how you can earn money as a a writer on the internet before ChatGPT came in which has kind of got people thinking it's even easier than it was before good but of all the people that have downloaded that course it's got practical assessments in it and then a final completion at the end where they send something in to be marked Ooh. i think it's had something like 60 70 downloads people have paid for this course two people have actually gone through and completed <laughs> it because yeah. everybody wants the success of being a writer and getting paid to write on the internet nobody wants to put in the work they just want yeah. to <laughs> wave a magic wand as you say and it's suddenly yeah. there
0: i've been listening to a really interesting um series of audio recordings by lebron james right the uh, a because i love his voice it's like velvet He's absolutely Mm -hmm. sounds amazing but what he's saying is is talent is never enough Mm -hmm. right desire is never enough it's not what your idea is it's what you build right and buildings happen over time and buildings about it it's it's about habit it's about consistent effort it's about um it's, it's about what we, what we do rather than what we know. And this is kind of, we run a thing called Kinsiders uh, because we love a pun, clearly. Um, and what, what we realized is, is that we worked with like kind of, uh, between a pair of us and the stuff we did for, for, for MMU in Cheshire, we worked with about 650 businesses over five years. So it was a really great kind of study, kind of experimental set. And we found the same thing. People come on the course and you go, "This is the most amazing thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change forever, and it's gonna be fantastic." And even though we, what we, what we do is we kind of supported them through, like, ch- doing actions through the course and kind of ch- change behavior, which is why it was kind of so long. And then even though we kind of spent time building them full of kind of confidence and clarity and momentum and all that kind of stuff, what eighty percent of the people who came on the on, on the courses they just went from doing, growing their business to business as usual when they when they didn't have that kind of impetus, encouragement, and structure behind them. And so this is why we set up Kinsiders, which is basically, um, it's, it's not a know-how course, it's a do-how course, right? Most people have enough information, if they don't, they can find it on the internet, fantastic. What they don't have is a level of personal accountability to themselves right which is okay i said i was going to do this um here's how i'm going to do it because what we realize is that most people most business owners need two different kinds of uh, support okay you need and we call it uh it's um challenge and nurturing right so it's kind of like carrot and stick you need two different kinds of support right you need one kind of support, which is like don't worry Darren you've got it they're all bastards they'll understand in the end and everybody will realize you're right at, at some point and you, you're doing really well and giving you the pump up right being your friend nurturing you as a as a human kind of going okay you're a person in this business this is how this is how you need to kind of grow as a human and I've got you don't worry right so like carrot stuff and on the other side you've got the stick stuff which is Darren. You said you were going to do this. You said you were going to focus on finding X, Y, and Z customers. You said you were going to do blah, 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 blah right? And then where is it? You said by when, and it, just a stick kind of keeping accountable, to off. Yeah. All business owners need both, right? All business owners need both. And yet, uh, uh, and they can't be the same person, right? For obvious reasons, right? Because the gear change for that human to go from, don't worry, Darren, you've got it. To, where the hell is it? It's too much of a shift, right? So they have to be different, different people, and they can't be a partner. They cannot be a life partner or a significant other. We see so many female entrepreneurs with hypercritical partners who are just trying to protect them. What are you doing that for? It's rubbish. I wouldn't do it like that. It's like, mm. okay. So we set up kinsiders to help people get out of their own way generally and kind of do more of what they know and feel great doing it and it's kind of like structure through the week where we have accountability calls and we help people just kind of focus on what's good and we also give them the, the strokes that they need uh james tends to be james is nicer than i am by quite a country mile so you're the bad cop then uh i i yes i i bring the difficult I bring the challenge and the difficult questions. James seems to have a spider sense of, from a distance, being able to kind of sense when people are struggling with something and you'll call them out of the blue and they're like, how the hell do you know this? Um, And it's magical. So what we do, this is why we set up Insiders is that, that kind of support. And most of it is just trust your own judgment. Back to my original point about listening to idiots. There are no simple answers in business. You don't need any more information. You just need more sensitivity.
1: Yeah, one of the one of the big points that we really kind of help people with is kind of validation so we work with a lot of women especially when we've gone kind of second and third careers um and coaches really suffer from this as well they they really need that external validation so they always want to go and get that next certificate there's always another bit of paper that's going to make them feel much better about going and doing to go and speak to those big clients that they really want some of them are ex blue chip employees themselves like they've worked for these big companies they know exactly how they work they seem to think that this is next bit of paper is going to give them that feeling of of satisfaction knowing that they can do the job rather than just knowing that they've got the skills innately so we do a lot about kind of you know why do you think you need this who do you think this validation is going to who do you need that from how's it going to work for you so you spend quite a lot of time working on um a lot of that they used to be called softer skills but you know they're just kind of really entrenched bits about who you are that um you know things to do with self-criticality and self-talk and, and confidence and we just help people feel a lot more capable in the short term they kind of borrow confidence from us in the short term until they can build it for themselves uh, that's interesting
2: i I actually know a a female business owner who is what she calls herself a course addict yeah and she will go for these qualifications over and over again and and we we, a couple of us have told her you know you need to stop this you've got enough now and she is i think she told me last week she's booked on another one is it inherently a bad thing if someone does that if they do love a course and love learning
1: it's not a problem to do that kind of stuff, but you just need to be really honest about yourself, about why you're doing it. You get the same people that will go to four or five networking events a week,
2: hmm. but
1: actually don't get any business out of it. So you're not really networking, you're socializing with people that aren't your friends. Um, as long as you're honest about what that is, I haven't got a problem with it. Get out of the house, do what you need to do, if it makes you feel good about yourself. And the same with the courses really, because some people go on courses for all sorts of reasons. We've had people come on our courses to poach clients. We had a, we had a builder, hmm who out of 12 people within six months had done building work for 10 of them. Go for it, mate. Like if that's made your business better and you weren't disrupting the class, haven't got a problem with it at all. Um, but I think she's a course addict because she hasn't found the one that's actually giving her what she needs. That's fundamentally what that is. She's she's looking for something external. There's a reason why she's doing it and she hasn't found one that's giving her that. So I mean, if you want to point her our way, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, bet, I, bet, I bet she stops going.
0: <laughs> I, I think the thing is that, I mentioned this before, is that... Um, most people think it's around knowing better will improve things. Magic words. It, yeah, exactly. We, we call it kind of, yeah, magic word thinking is that just, just tell me the easy way. Tell me the best way. There is no easy, there is no best. It is what you do, it's not what you know. And there's this kind of, uh, we learn it in school in the fact that all we need is more information, we'll get better exams, and then we'll have a better life it's provably uh provably fallacious the fact that you know and this is why people who are um not often the best students at school do the best in business is because they're not that invested in information they've gone and done the hustling they've gone and done the the doing they've gone, and so what we were kind of talking about about the the um, ex-offenders that Ken and James used to work with is that they've got the know-how, they're just getting the do-how wrong. So they just need to kind of refine what they do. And this is, it's common across most business people is that most people know how to run a business, right? If you ask them, not about your business, if you would just, if you were giving advice to other people, what would you tell other people to do? Then they will tell you in great detail what you need to do to run a business, whether that's marketing, sale, all that kind of stuff, because they know. Mm-hmm. What they do is they they look away from the important bits because they start, they've start they got this kind of little voice in their head going, are you sure? Oh, I remember that time when you were six when you properly fucked up. And this kind of like super negative kind of challenging voice in the head. And they think that what they know isn't right because they have doubts about it. Get out and do it. Experiment. What that lady's doing is learning and not doing. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of where we put the traction is kind of helping people have a bit more faith in themselves. They borrow our belief in them basically, is that they kind of borrow, because we believe, we know everyone can can get whatever they want out if they just get out of their own way. So we believe 100% in them and people who work with us tend to borrow our belief in themselves to apply what they know and get more of what they want.
1: Yeah, they're so scared of making mistakes. They're so scared of looking silly to other people, especially if they, you know, we work with a lot of people that are doing it for a second or third career. And they're terrified of going online and people seeing them with their, with their new little business and they're going to look down on them. Or, and, and it's all just in their own heads. No one cares. No one's looking at you. They're all busy with their own thing. And they're so paranoid about getting it wrong. They want to know the exact best thing to do before they make a single step. They want to know what's the best time of day I should be posting. How many posts should I make a day? All this stuff. It doesn't matter. Just just post. Just get on with it. Get better at it because you're going to be crap when you start anyway. And just And just keep moving in the right direction. One foot in front of the other <laughs> consistently and you'll get there. Just don't yeah. stop. It's like running a marathon. Just don't stop. Just yeah. keep going. It doesn't matter how, how, how fast you do it, how long it takes. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to go in a straight line like that. You can have good, good days and bad days, but just don't stop doing it. And that's the people that we see the most successful, are the ones that don't ever stop. They always come back to us and say, that thing that you told me to do, brilliant, worked really, really well. Now what do we do with this bit? Okay, well, where do you want to go next? What do you want to get out of it? And we can help What you do you know these. about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
0: I mean, the the it this notion of mistakes is a really important one. And I think you have to go through the quantity to get to the quality, whatever you're doing, right. And I think a lot of people, um, a lot of kind of, uh, we tend to work with kind of people in the first five years of business, right before they you know, like with people like you, you've got experience. I mean, how many mistakes have you made in your business Darren? Oh, loads. loads. And some of them probably
2: quite serious yes some of them pretty bad yeah yeah did you die though uh no not yet yet. exactly right and this is the thing is that people don't think i've killed anyone either (laughs) well we can't talk about that but the people
0: at the start they're so used to having a job where you've got to fit in you've got to make no mistakes you've got to like reduce risk at all possible things that when they do shift to a second or third career they don't realize that having a job is fitting in but having a business is standing out right and so that's why they're looking for best that's why they're looking for certainty in effect Mm. and what what we help them see and this is the same if you're going to run a marketing campaign if you're going to do anything get your mistakes out of the way while your audience is small right iterate just talk more (laughs) be more public take a little bit more risk and then you build a support structure so you, you can mitigate the impact of those mistakes, rather than try and make no mistakes, because one of the there's, there's a really lovely bit where people throw off the shackles when they make a mistake and they realise, wow, actually not that much happened. Yep, lost a customer, <laughs> lost. The, you know, we put in a tender for some massive work recently, didn't get it, and then we both got a little bit sad about it, and then you know, I'm, I'm slowly realising, well nothing actually changed other than my feelings about things so great let's go and do some some more stuff and this is where the for everybody in business you need you need to nurture that little bit of rebel spirit inside you where you're just gonna go i'm just gonna experiment with stuff one of one of our kind of core concepts is we see ourselves as explorers not experts right and i think if you run your business run it as a series of experiments and always have a bonkers one kind of bubbling away at the side (laughs) always have something nuts going on so you kind of go i don't know whether it's going to work it's a bit mental but let's let's go at it and the it's the crazy stuff the stuff that's really distinctive that people really buy into usually but you have to you have to kind of do that managed risk thing around not business as usual we kind of see it as business growth tasks versus business as usual tasks. And generally, because we're humans and we like routine, we tend to err towards business as usual tasks. And what we do is we, we kind of bring our support structure around to help people focus on tiny things usually which are gonna help grow their business. And it's not just make sales calls, it's about applying your own innate creativity.
2: Wow. Do you know, I, I don't think I've done a podcast which has had quite so many quotable moments in it It's almost like I work in marketing. Darren. It is almost <laughs> like you work in marketing it, it It's almost like you know you say this stuff in front of a room full of people, maybe from a stage, I don't know <laughs> I know it's, it's incredible. <laughs> but sadly we, we are just about out of time, which is which is devastating because i i could I could do this all day, quite frankly. Um, so before we before we wrap up. If there's someone listening to this that thinks, "My God, that those two guys have just said stuff that's going to change my life," what is the best way for for people to get into contact with you? Uh,
0: our website. If you come to all the information and further, like kind of detail and a little bit more about what we do, because you know, as usual with businesses, we only just kind of scratch the surface. You'll you'll see some very attractive pictures of James and I as well, which is always a good thing. <laughs> um, if you go to our kind of um website which is all the W's dot kin awesome, K-I-N awesome, dot co. uk uh and we're on all the socials kinawesome uk come and uh, yeah just have a look join the mailing list because we share some interesting uh things on there <laughs> or you can kind of you can kind of um get us on linkedin we've got a company page or you can get uh, neil simpson or james crawley link up with us we love to connect with people and um, we're doing some interesting video series on LinkedIn. Yesterday, we were talking about um, how people get wasps wrong uh, and that they deserve a little bit more sympathy than...
2: Misunderstood.
0: Uh, yeah, then wasps are misunderstood. Misunderstood
2: and, wasps, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we turned that into a little bit of a business lesson. So okay. who wants to make
1: that? I'm, I'm definitely going go. Can... to check that out. Cliffhanger for next time, Darren. We'll do an <laughs> Darren, is, Thank you so much for having us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, really good fun. Oh, brilliant. Thank
2: you very much, guys. I've loved it.